Hello and welcome to episode 180 of the NFL Scotland podcast. The wild card weekend has been analysed. It's now on to the divisional round. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And Paul Mitchell's got no skin in this game, so he's decided not to bother turning up for this one. We were planning to do this as one big conversation when we had Richard Graves. If you've listened to episode 179, you heard Richard's great content from him. We had to get a Cowboys fan in to give a fair representation of what happened in that game in Dallas. Mitchell's decided to sack this second part off. So I'm joined once again by stalwarts who's, who stand up. One who's got skin in the game, Charles Patterson. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I'm bricking it. <laughs> man who's got no skin in the game but he's here for the vibes welcome back once again Gordon McGuinness good evening I think you'll find I've got a burger in the game as well I've got a burger <laughs> that's on, the on only reason boys. he's here your boy's knocking the, the Packers out at the first hurdle I'm, I'm ho- I mean I'm not I'm, I'm hopeful not expectant of that we will we will get to that. We will get to that. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to look ahead to the divisional round. Like I say, we had a, a bit of a bumper conversation last night. Decided it was probably a bit long to do it all in a single podcast. So we've got back together again. We're going to look at the games coming up this weekend. Uh, and to be honest, guys, before we even get into the particulars, it's four absolute belters that we've got. I mean, these are these are tasty, tasty ties. There's nothing here that feels like an obvious blowout. I can't think of a divisional round of four games where you look at all eight teams and you you can make a case for every single one of them winning the Super Bowl. And you can make a case for each game going either way. I think you've got the best eight teams, the most consistent eight teams over the, not just this season, but I think last season as well, because I think there were signs from the Bengals as well, but they've come on leaps and bounds this year. And the la- they are there is a case for every single one of them. And that's why I'm absolutely terrified. <laughs> Even though, the, you know, the Packers are the number one seed and they've got the best record in, in, in the whole of the league. You can absolutely see them losing this weekend. You can see them going on and lifting the trophy in a few weeks' time. But you can make the case for all, all others. And that's why this, this, is, this is going to be the best weekend of football of the year, without a shadow of a doubt. So I think the interesting thing is the way the matchup has been set up, and we'll get into the, like the specifics, but Buffalo, Kansas City is the best case scenario for the Bengals and the Titans because mm. it's set up whereby you only need to beat one of those two teams. The nightmare scenario for those, if, if the Bengals had to go to uh, Kansas City and the Bills were going to Tennessee, I think we would have said with relative confidence, Chiefs-Bills AFC Championship game. The way this is set up, both of those games I could see going either way. And at that point, if you're the winner of Cincinnati-Tennessee, just has to win one, just has to get a little bit lucky once and they can go to the Super Bowl. So that's what I think is really interesting there. And let's kick off then right away with that game you've alluded to, the the Bengals-Titans. As we record this, there is a massive question mark that I think is going to have a, a huge impact on the outcome of this game. And that's whether or not the Titans are actually going to activate Derek Henry off of injury reserved uh, and whether he's going to feature in the game. Now, He's obviously spent a considerable amount of time on the sidelines. So he's not going to be 100% of himself, but even an 80% Derek Henry has a huge impact on how this game plays out. Well, let's flip it another way. Let's say that the Tennessee team that finished the season is the team that runs out on the field and he doesn't play. Does that make Cincinnati favourite for the game? I would say it doesn't because they've proved they can run the ball without him. And if you look at what Tennessee can do on the defensive side, 
they rush four. They don't blitz. And we saw Joe Burrow torch Kansas City and Baltimore, two teams that blitz for nearly a thousand yards. And I said at the time, absolutely sensational. But what will he do against a team that sits, you know, rushes four, sits five, six or seven guys back and just, you know, bases their defense on those four big rushes at the front? The Tennessee front four destroyed Matthew Stafford about a month or so ago. And if they can get the pressure, this is why I tipped the Raiders last week, because I like the Raiders pass rush. They didn't do enough. If the Tennessee pass rush can get Joe Burrow worried, then I think that the the Titans win because the Titans have proved they can run the ball. The big question though is the better quarterback in this game is Joe Burrow. So if you're, if it comes out in the quarterbacks, who are you going to put your money on? You're putting it on Joe Burrow to make the throw rather than Ryan Tannehill. If Henry plays, then that's a massive swing, but I still think that Tennessee can win without him. So, I think, I think people still underrate Ryan Tannehill because I think they think of him as the guy who was the Dolphins quarterback. He's been borderline top 10 quarterback since going to Tennessee. Had a couple of seasons where he... You know, the, I would say Derek Henry is arguably the third most important player on that offense. I think Tannehill and A.J. Brown are more important. Uh I think if I was the Bengals, I'd be a little bit worried about the fact that their their cornerbacks have held up well this season. AJ Brown is a nightmare when he gets the ball in his hands. And yeah, he made a difference one, when he came back, didn't he, from injury? Yeah, one missed tackle away from him taking eighty yards. Um, and on the other side, I I could see this being a really high scoring game because both teams I think can score quickly, and the the only concern I have for this game is that I do think both coaches have it in them to be very conservative. And to we saw when the Titans lost to the Ravens in the playoffs last year, they kept running the ball despite the fact he was getting like a yard a carry or something stupid like that. The Bengals got in front of the Raiders last week and they were very conservative at that point and the Raiders came back into that game. I don't know if either one of these teams has it in them to blow the other one out. Is that, though, on the Ravens game last year, is that, though, that the Ravens secondary last year was very impressive? A.J. Brown was the only real wide outlet that the Titans had. The Bengals' cornerbacks are not as good as the Ravens were last year, meaning that you'd like to think that Vrabel will be more open to to exposing that where he possibly can. Add into the mix, and I know he's been largely ineffective, Julio Jones is still going to draw attention by the very fact that he's on the field, meaning that A.J. Brown will not garner as much attention. Put Derrick Henry into the mix, and then if you're the Bengals' defense, you've got to watch for three very dangerous weapons on the field at all times. Uh, I, and that I changes the game. I don't know if you're giving the Bengals' secondary enough credit this year. They, Maybe not. So, on long term, in terms of those players, I don't think they're close to what the Ravens' secondary was last year. But Jesse Bates is one of the best safeties in football right now. Uh, Chidobe Awuzie, uh is having a great year. They they've got talent in the in the secondary. I don't know that it's a it's an easy thing for them. Oh, but- totally. And I and I'm not saying they're without talent. No way. I just think that the Ravens' secondary was so good, and the Titans are so reliant on the run because that's all they utilized that all season long. Yeah. Because Derrick Henry's gone, they've actually been playing 
through the air a lot more because they've had to. They can lean on Foreman and Hilliard and, and the running backs they've brought in, but it's not been as effective. If that's their only output, they're not going to get anywhere. With Derek Henry, they have won games by only going to Derek Henry. Um, and therefore, it just feels like a different mix that, that means that Vrabel will hopefully... And, and again, I agree, and I, I share the sentiment that if Derek Henry comes back, I hope they don't just hand the ball off to him again and try that path because it feels like it's not the best version of the Titans because we've seen from Tannehill, we've seen from AJ Brown, we know what Julio Jones is all about. This is a team with a lot of talent on it and they need to maximise every single piece if they're going to beat the Bengals. The, the thing I like about the Titans is that they have been here before. They know how to win in the playoffs. They got to the championship game a couple of years ago. They've also had the week off and, you know, you can argue, is that a big deal, getting the bye week? I think it is this season, especially with COVID, with players like Henry. I mean, people are going to talk about the, you know, talk about Green Bay shortly. I think Green Bay have benefited hugely from having a week off. And I look at the best version of the Titans mid-season. Week six, they beat Buffalo. Week seven, they beat Kansas City. Week eight, they beat the Colts, who were just hitting their stride. Week nine, they beat the Rams. Then they beat the Saints. They went on a, a tear in that middle part of the season and they beat other teams and they beat them up. They're more physical than Cincinnati. And at this time of the year, especially if you're outdoors, the bigger team has the advantage. And that's why I'm terrified about the next game. The bigger bully often wins. And even if Henry doesn't play, they've proved they can run the ball and they're bigger up front defensively. And I think, Burrow gets sacked. Burrow makes amazing plays, but Burrow gets sacked. And I do wonder whether or not that the, uh, Tennessee front four is going to force him into a mistake or two. It, it is on him as well, a lot of the sacks he takes. Like yeah. Sacks are something that probably need to be attributed to quarterbacks more. The other thing as well, and the wee guy move as it was, I did say I want the Bengals to, out of who's left, I want the Bengals to, to win the Super Bowl. Um, do we think there is a chance that last week was such a big win and it was such a like euphoric moment for the Bengals that they come into this game, they're feeling ready to go, they get hit in the mouth early and they just don't recover. That that would be the concern I would have for the Bengals. They could fold or they could just play loose. It's one it goes one of two ways. I think if you're Zach Taylor, you're the, we, we talked about the Raiders going and playing with house money in Cincinnati. They were they were quite they were off to a slow start. They what happened to the Raiders after the Chargers game? You don't want Cincinnati to go through the same thing because they came into that game flat. The Raiders. If Cincinnati start the way the Raiders did against them, then you're absolutely right. But if you have the right, if you've got the right mindset in the locker room, and you go out and you just play loose and just play your game, if they just let Joe Burrow throw the ball and play natural, they've got enough playmakers that they can absolutely keep up. I don't think there's a problem with them keeping up. I just wonder whether they'll get squished. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's in, it's definitely interesting. I think that Burroughs, because he didn't have that full season last season, this is, is you know, his one and a half year uh, piece. There's not a huge amount of experience at the quarterback position there. And there's not a lot of experience at the head coach position there. So they need everything to come out on their best possible version of themselves. We know he's capable. And I think that the Bengals still can come into this one with that kind of monkey off their back around not being able to win in the postseason. They're also coming in 
to play away from home against the number one seed. So we talked about that nothing to lose type approach. In a way now, they've got nothing to lose. I don't think the expectation is for them to win this game, meaning that they can come in on the road and show us what they're all about again. Point to prove type approach. I think Burroughs thrived in that scenario. And for me, the game against the Chiefs was a huge, significant uh, point for the Bengals during the regular season to win that game and the manner in which they won the game. You know, you can look at the Ravens games and how many points they scored. The Ravens were banged up, but the fact that they just went in for the kill shows that they're capable of doing that. They've also shown themselves they're capable of racking up the points. So they, they shouldn't question that, even if they fall a couple of touchdowns behind, even if it's 21-0 going into the second quarter. They know that they're capable of scoring. They just need to make sure that they're doing it on every single play. Um if you're a Bengals I, fan, you take heart from the fact that the Titans lost to the Jets this season. <laughs> they, lost the the, they, lost the, they lost to the Texans. They lost to the Steelers in week 15, who are anemic on offense. Um, so the Titans have thrown in a few turd performances here and there. So it's not out with the realms of possibility for them to, to do that. But I equally, some of the, some of the t- Tennessee results have been really impressive. I forgot they absolutely annihilated Tampa Bay in week two. 34-3! Yeah. So they have, on the good day, the makings of the best team in the league. On a bad day, they're one of the worst 10. So it just depends on which one shows up. And the fact they've had that extra week, everyone's getting fitter, everyone's a bit fresher. At this time of year, I think that matters. I really do. Just an amazing footnote, actually. I've just stumbled across there because I said it out loud. Both these teams have lost to the Jets. <laughs> it's amazing looking at the divisional round that both of these sides have lost to the Jets in the regular season. That's quite something. Um, I think this is a cracker. I think this is another great game. I was delighted that the Bengals were the early game last weekend. I'm delighted that this is the early game on the Saturday this weekend. I think it will be a firecracker. Who have you got to win it, though? I'm taking Tennessee. Purely, I think I think they win by a touchdown. I think they're just they will last the pace, and I think they're going to force Joe Burrow into making miracle throws. And I think he will do, but I think he'll get picked. I think Kim Byer is going to pick him off at some point, and I think there's just too much pressure up front. I think they're going to cause him too many problems over the course of time. And whether Henry plays or not, if Henry plays, they definitely win. I still think Tennessee are favourites by a field goal if he doesn't play. I think I'm probably going to lean quarterback in all these matchups. So I'm going to go Bengals and Joe Burrow. He's been too good this year that I just don't feel comfortable saying that he's not going to... He hasn't really shown anything over the last half of the season, the last 10 weeks, that makes me think, yeah, he's probably going to crumble here. Didn't crumble last week. It's not even just him. It's Jamar Chase. It's T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd being your third best receiver is a really big feather in your cap. I agree. Uh, I've got the, the, that's why I agree, but I'm going to disagree. Sorry. I agree with everything you've just said, but I do have the Titans. I know I do have the Titans edge in this because, because I've made a big assumption that Derek Henry is going to be taken off of injured reserve. And I think he's a difference maker. I think if he doesn't, and I'm putting, I'm saying in my pick six right now, I'm going for Tennessee because I'm putting it down on paper now. I think if Derek Henry doesn't come off IR and they go without him, I could be very wrong. 
and we're I think that's to monitor a this graphic opportunity on Sunday night. We're gonna have to yes. check in that you've not changed the graphic. Last minute, such a Hobbs thing to do that. I am committing to it right now. And if I change my mind, tough. I've stuck with it. I do think if Derek Henry doesn't come off IR, I think the Bengals have got a a, a brilliant chance. Um, I think that it feels quite 50-50 to me overall, and I think that that's the swing factor um, as to a slight tip onto either side. I think this will be a great game, ultimately. But yeah, I'm going to take the Titans to win. Okay, on to the next game. Uh, let's get the noise out of the way. I almost feel like Gordon should uh, orchestrate this and uh, and lead the conversation. The problem is, though, if I ask you to tell me how the 49ers win this game, you're going to spend 10 minutes telling us how they're never going to win. And, Not true. You actually, you actually don't want them to win because you'd want the season to be over. It's good for your heart and all this nonsense. It's true. If I don't make it through the weekend, then we know why. <laughs> um, the 49ers can win. And here's how they do it. There's two things that they need to do. There's one, they need their pieces on defense. And that defense needs to get Aaron Rodgers on his back foot as early as possible in that game. And they need to keep him there. What we need is we need Bosa hot on him. We need Armstead powering through. And we need Fred Warner back and he can come up and uh, provide pressure. We need to make sure that the run game is kept on top off. And we need to put six corners on Devontae Adams. Every corner that we've possibly got in the building, just put them all on the field and they can just group around them and run around the field. Um, uh, genuinely, I think the defense is key to this more than the offense is. Do you know how you can win this game? It's because, regardless of position, the 49ers probably have the most informed player in the NFL right now in Debo Sam. Mm. I think that's probably it, fair. He's a huge problem. Um, don't know that you're going to win, but the fact that you can run the ball is the thing that terrifies Charles, I'm sure. Correct. Uh, Although, yes. I'm, just, uh, I'm, I'm just glancing to my telly as we record this, and they've just shown uh, Mason Crosby, who you have trashed on this podcast this season, Cameron, and his uh, nice game-winning field goal in week three, knocking it over after the uh, the Rogers magic to come back uh, in, the, in the final 38 seconds. Uh, there's a stat popped up on the screen here. Aaron Rodgers against the 49ers in the regular season win six, lost three. In the playoffs, win zero, lost three. So <laughs> there is extra motivation for number 12 to win this game. And we all know what he said when he was drafted way back in the, in the day that he was going to make them sorry for not drafting him. I think this is he knows that this is the year. This is the absolute winner bust year. And whatever happens in the offseason, I think, frankly, I think he will stay. But they're not going to get it better than this in terms of the way it's set up um, for the chance to get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. Last year, I think they, they still feel very hard done by in Green Bay that they should have won that game against Tampa and all the stuff that happened around it. But I think this is the worst possible matchup. Now, why do I... Th and you look at some of the, 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 the local writers in, in Wisconsin and... They're back and forth all week. One minute, this is a disastrous matchup. This is terrible. Everyone wanted Dallas to win. The worst, this all started when San Francisco beat the Rams in the final weekend. The Rams had bloody won that game. Then we would have Dallas coming, and Dallas are soft as tissue paper, and we knew that. But now you've got a team that doesn't fear Green Bay. They don't have a problem coming into Green Bay and running the football. Now, Green Bay's 
defense has quietly been getting worse since about week nine, week 10 against the run. And it is two years and a day since Raheem Mostert ran for 220 yards in the championship game. So that's why I'm terrified. But if we're going by Gordon's accumulation of who's the better quarterback, there's only one winner. And I'm hoping it comes down to the quarterbacks. And Green Bay's defense, although they've not been great the last few weeks, has been better this year than it was in 2019 when they got flattened in the championship game. And it's also better than it was last year. For for all that it has been a bit spotty. And I know for a fact that they, they, they are talking it up. It's a much more opportunist defense. The defense that won the, the Super Bowl way back, 2010-2011 season, um, that was an opportunistic defense. And this one is very, very similar. It, it just... It looks a much better matchup in that regard, but I am absolutely shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if you go back to that championship game, there's, there's two things that concern me. Um, the, the run game in that championship game was so impressive. We didn't need anything else. The, so Lafleur is going to have learned from that and he's going to be ready for it. The running backs are not as strong, nowhere near, than they were in that season. You know, Mitchell is good. He's a good running back. There's no two ways about it. There's no depth there. Now, Debo can be utilized as that X factor, absolutely. But we can't lean on him as a running back all game long. And I don't think that the Niners would want to. Uh, It feels a little bit short term to be putting him into that situation where he's likely to get a bit banged up. The one other thing that comes into play, and I take this from the Dallas Cowboys game, is I feel because Shanahan is actually quite conservative when it comes to going for it and say fourth down and things like that we've not had the experience of really doing that in the in the moment when we've really needed to and if this is a close game where we're going to have to maybe go for it on fourth down then that's an area that I think we lack just a little bit of assertiveness and certainty around and I think against Dallas there was a couple of opportunities where we could have just punched that game home and didn't do it because throughout the season we've been fairly conservative tendency to punt the ball away and against Aaron Rodgers we saw in the regular game season all he needs is 16 seconds um and and it's you know he's not going to do that every time but he's more than capable that's something I don't think that we can do and therefore if it's another situation like Dallas that same game last weekend we would have lost that game because Aaron Rodgers would have led the team down the field and I have no doubt about that it's not it's not about running backs that offense it's the Shanahan offense, which was a thing in 1995 for the Denver Broncos. And, okay, you or I couldn't have gained 1,000 yards, but we'd have probably gained about 300 over the course of the season when I'd gained about minus 500 in any other offense in football. We've seen it. It doesn't matter who plays running back for the 49ers. For mo- in most cases, with the exception of guys like Derek Henry and Jonathan Taylor and people like that, Scheme. Really, really, it's scheme more than anything else. The, the Ravens were still like fifth in rushing yards this year, despite the fact they lost every running back imaginable. The, the 49ers are good enough to run the ball and win that game. It doesn't bother me that it's Eli Mitchell, Trey Sermon potentially, Debo Samuel. That's still an offense that can run for 200 yards on Saturday night. So the, so this is interesting. In week three, the, um, the Niners managed 298 total yards in the game. And they were limited to under 100 yards rushing. And, I mean, there was a lot of bad penalties and there was one big special teams kind of bullet play, ultimately, which made a hell of a difference. 
it came down to the fact that Rogers made the plays and they left, as you said, I remember at the time, oh, we've left too much time in the clock. And of course they did. Yeah. But Garoppolo made, I think, two good drives in that game. You need Jimmy Garoppolo to not make mistakes if you're San Francisco. And you need, if you're Green Bay, to stop the run in order to make Jimmy Garoppolo make mistakes. So I fully expect to see Darnell Savage coming down the line early and they will want Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is good for at least one pick a game. I mean, Russell Douglas is standing there waving at him. And this is the other thing that I will mention, and we have been talking about it on and off, but here's some names. Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, David Bakhtiari, Josh Myers. They're all back. Although Bakhtiari, I think, is questionable this week. He didn't train today. didn't train today. It would be the first game back for Alexander and Smith. And it would be the first game back for Alexander. They held him out of the Lions game. He's in another couple of weeks. Green Bay, we t- and this is why I hate you two bleating about injuries. Every team gets injuries. Green Bay have lost three of their six, three of the, or four of their six pro bowlers over the last two years, pretty much the whole season. And they are the number one team in the league in terms of record. Matt LaFleur is undervalued as a coach in terms of what he's done in the regular season over the last three years. He's got the best record in history. What he has to do is get them over the hump and get into the Super Bowl. This is the time and this is the moment and you can bet your bottom dollar he will be gunning for this game. He will have absolutely wanted this matchup because he wants to put it over Shanahan in the playoffs. Shanahan mentored him, brought him through all these various teams. This is LaFleur's time to break out and that's why... I have the faith that the the Fleur-Rogers combination, even if the defence is shaky, I think it will hold up. Uh, And I'm going to get my pelters now because I do have the Packers winning this one. Um, I know it is. It's the biggest spread uh, of all the games this weekend. It's rightly so. San Francisco have to go into a very cold Green Bay and have to hope that everything comes the right side up. I think that given... It's not going to be because of the cold. Don't blame no, no. the weather. <laughs> but can, can San Francisco win? Of course you can. Of course you can. can. Colin Kaepernick did it in the cold, so anyone can go and win in Green Bay in the Absolutely. cold. Absolutely. San Francisco, San Francisco can win. Their path to win, though, is way more limited than the Packers is. They, yes. need, to, they need to either rush for probably about 200 yards or just get lucky. Get a couple of lucky turnovers here and there and figure that out. I'm going Packers as well. It's not that this is the game that I probably have the most confidence in, which should terrify you, Charles, uh, based <laughs> on the fact that I've gone 0 6. Any more, any more, how than I feel. Um, but it does come down to the quarterback battle. Like it's a playoff game in Green Bay. I think you have to lean Rodgers in that situation. And, and I can assure you, if, if we do manage to get a win, my smugness will be contained. Because I know we'll have managed Mine to sneak won't. it. No, and that's fine. That's your prerogative. You won't. You'll be but... lining up the most expensive burger in Scotland. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm. Uh, I, I I'm humble whether I win or lose. I feel, but um, yeah. I I see Green Bay winning this. I think it. I just hope it's a good game. I I don't think it will be a blowout. I, I don't feel like it will be a blowout. It could be. Could be. But I I feel like there's enough there that uh, we should be in it. Um, but just not enough to actually win it. I don't know where you source your Wagyu beef from, Gordon, but um, let me just say that this burger bet does not involve Wagyu beef. (laughs) (laughs) 
on to the next game then. Uh, and actually, the two Sunday games for me feel like championship games. Uh, if you look at them, these are these are humdingers, absolute humdingers. Um, no. Bucks Rams. No, Bucks, Rams. not having it. Not having it. I'm starting just because, because it's Green Matthew aren't there. Stafford. It is Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Matthew Stafford, who has been in the league for 11 years, 12 years, systematic failure at Detroit. Now, not all his fault, but couldn't win a playoff game till last week after 11 years in the league. Now, he's got over that hump. Well done. He had to go to Los Angeles in order to do it and play an utterly decrepit Cardinals team who I cannot believe I backed in the pick six. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it, was only, well, it was only to be different to you. Um, I, I look at this and if Matthew Stafford doesn't make a mistake, the Rams have a chance. And we've been looking at, oh, Brady's, you know, his offensive line's beat up and he's not got as many receivers as he had. This is Brady in the playoffs and then the Super Bowl champions and they're playing at home and he's got Rob Gronkowski and he's got Mike Evans. I think they're still going to, they're still going to put 25, 30 points in the Rams. And I totally understand that the Rams beat them in week three. I think it was a week four. I, I, I don't think that game matters anymore. Are the Rams, I, I can't take them seriously because I don't think they've beaten a good team. This is the chance but I can't take the Rams seriously. I'm sorry. Someone convince me otherwise, please. Uh, the way to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs is to put him on his back. And Ryan Jensen not being fully fit. Tristan Worth's probably not being fully fit based on how bad his injury looked last week. Aaron Donald, Von Miller. They, they are capable of you know, doing what they did on defense to a lesser extent against the Cardinals to the to the Bucks and slowing them down a little bit early. I think I, I think both of these matchups were probably the matchups that the two higher seeds would have wanted to avoid. I think you're absolutely right. I think the Packers would have preferred getting someone like the Cowboys. Don't think the Packers mm-hmm. want a team that can run the ball like that in the cold in Green Bay. And I don't think the Bucks wanted a team like the Rams, who can win in the slot with Cooper Cup. Um, they can run the ball. Cam Akers look good coming back. They've got a pretty decent offensive line themselves, and they can put pressure on Brady. And Jalen Ramsey has shut down Mike Evans numerous times in his career. The last three games, I think he's had like a total of five catches, or last two games, total of five catches. So the Rams have the matchups to cause the Bucks problems. And I was looking back at this matchup in week three, Brady threw 55 times for 432 yards, one TD, and Stafford had a perfect game. Four touchdowns, 343 yards, no picks. He just has a tendency to just suddenly have a complete mind meld. And the the thing that I would, if you're a, if you're a Los Angeles Rams fan, the thing that gives you hope, I think you mentioned Cam Akers, I think that's really important. But this Bucks defense is not the defense it was last year and it's just they're not fit they're not all there but they're good enough to still be here and be the number two seed and it they've got that x factor in tom brady and who i again i i trash for being the greatest game manager of all time if you're in the playoffs you've got to manage the situation and i don't think matthew stafford is good enough as a quarterback to manage a crux situation and he's not been under pressure in the playoffs to win a game. So this is his chance. And if he does it and the Rams win, 
bully for him and excellent. I'm delighted for him. And I would love to see the Rams going into Lambeau. That'd be brilliant. I don't want to see Brady anywhere near Lambeau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, um, it's interesting for me. I think that you've touched on a couple of points there. The, the Bucks defense is very good against the run. And I think the Levante David, uh, Devin White, can focus in on Cooper Cup in the slot, Tyler Higby, that's what they need to focus on. But that still leaves Odell Beckham over the top. Van Jefferson, there, there's some speed in that team. For me, the offensive line is going to be key for the Rams. They need to hold that defense back and give Stafford time. If he's got a bit of time, he can do a lot of damage. When he's not got time and he's second-guessing, that's where I think you're right. He can just have a mind melt and wobble, and it, it feels like he can't get back into the game when he's having one of those bad ones. Brady's different. Brady, even if he has a wobble for a couple of quarters, you know he can come back in the third and fourth and be the, the usual Tom Brady. The, the thing for me that's actually the bigger factor is, I think, Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs. You know, both of them sat out practice today, but apparently they were due to anyway and they wouldn't have practiced. But it'll be interesting to see, do they play? Probably both will, but are they banged up? And can LA take advantage of that? Because if they can get to Brady a lot, then that's where they win this game. If they can get to Brady and Brady's having to sling it out quick to his receivers because it's felt like some of the chemistry's not been quite on point at times with some of the other guys that have come in, that's where you make your opportunities. That's where you put Ramsey on Evans. You put one of the other cornerbacks. I can, I'm struggling to name one off the top of my head, but you know, you make sure that there's a couple of guys on Gronk and then you let the rest of the guys have to figure out how they're going to do it. So I think it'll be really fascinating to see how this one pans out. Again, another one that could go either way. I have Tampa to win it because it's in Tampa, because it's Brady, because they've got enough to be able to do it. But I genuinely think the Rams will smack them in the mouth and this will be a really feisty encounter. I think this will be really interesting. Um, I hate to say this, Charles. I think the NFC Super Bowl representative comes from this game. Oh, hang on a minute. Don't, don't know if I'd go that far. I, I could kind of see anyone at this point in the NFC. So yeah. I'm not going to say you're wrong on that. Um, I'm the same, and I so when I sent in my pick six to Cam today, I was so on the fence that I <laughs> sent it to him and then was like, I actually meant to delete LA and change it to Tampa Bay, then went to Tampa Bay. Mm. And it, it again, it comes down to the same thing as the 49ers Packers game. Where, where should you lean in a situation when you're not sure? Probably on the home team and the quarterback. And Matthew Stafford might have a better game than Tom Brady. He's not had a better season. He's not had a better career. I, I'm okay being wrong if I bet on Tom Brady. Yeah, and I would agree. And I don't think they can punch them in the mouth because I think they're lightweight, um, the Rams. Uh, yeah, they've got a great, on paper... Got, Aaron Donald got literally punched someone in the mouth last week. Yeah, but I think as a team, I mean, you can't... They're not the, the thing that I've always worried about with the Packers over the years is the fact that they get pushed about. And I think that the Rams have been bullied at times and shown. I mean, you look what Tennessee did to them. That's the thing for me. This is why I, I think Tennessee are eminently capable of winning the Super Bowl, even though people see, keep writing them off because they're just bruisers. But in terms of Tampa, if you've got Brady, then you have the X factor there. You've got the guy who's seen it all, done it all. I'm taking Tampa by uh, Brady. Late touchdown. Quite conceivable. Okay. And then that brings us on to the final game to complete the set. And again, 
this one, I, another tasty, tasty encounter that I fascinated to see as the Buffalo Bills once again have to travel to the Kansas City Chiefs in the postseason. Um, Josh Allen just coming off the perfect game. We talked about this. Uh, it was pointed out as well that I highlighted to say that the two-point-after attempts men, it wasn't the perfect offensive game. Someone pointed out to say, well, technically their special team plays. So actually it was the perfect offensive team game. I'll hold my hand up. Yep, good point. Um, if that Josh Allen and that and that offense comes in to Arrowhead Stadium, then the Bills have a better than great chance of coming away with a win. However, can they achieve that in Kansas City? That's going to be the question. With a noisy crowd against Mahomes and against all that Chiefs offense that's way better than the, the Patriots, the Chiefs, no matter how many points you score, are going to keep themselves in this game. So you're going to have to keep yourself 100% all the way through. Even if Josh Allen throws five touchdowns, that's still less passing touchdowns than the Chiefs threw last week. Yeah. Mahomes had five. <laughs> Travis Kelsey had one. This, this has the potential to be one of the greatest playoff games of all time. Mm. It, both offenses, if they click. That's a big call, by the way. You could be digging yourself a big hole come Monday, Tuesday. Well, but even, part even, of a game. <laughs> even, even if even if it's not though, like on paper, everyone I think can see where we're coming from. It's better, oh, you know, I hope it's not a nine-six Bills Jags rematch. <laughs> Gordon, you were bigging this one up. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're I, totally right. I think there's there's so much the it feels like a great rivalry already as well. Um, like we've seen them in the regular season we've seen them in the postseason there's the great picture of Stefan Diggs from post game last year staring at the confetti falling and the and the Chiefs celebrating there's just there's so many good storylines in this game and the one I think people aren't talking about enough is the fact that amongst all quarterbacks in the NFL this season no one had more rushing yards than Josh Allen mm. it, everyone focuses on the passing and they had a five touchdown game last week I get it He's one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. He's an absolute nightmare to bring down because he's huge. He's fast. He's powerful. Drags people with him. It's the type of game where wouldn't surprise me if the Bills try and catch them out with some option runs with him. If that game's close at the end and the Bills just need a first down to, to go and win the game, I, I think it probably the ball's in Josh Allen's hands to run. Three running plays. Quarterback draws when you need to make quarterback draws, <laughs> not when you've got 13 seconds left on the clock. I um, I think the differentials here, better defense. Who's got the better defense? I lean to Buffalo. I know the way, you know, we look at Kansas City and the way they blitz. I think you can trust the Buffalo defense more. I think you can trust the Buffalo running game more now, and Allen is part of that. And they, I mean, they've been sixth in total um, yardage with the run um, this season, which you wouldn't think, given how much they were throwing the ball. And then here's the big one. Who's the better quarterback at the moment, today, going into this game? It's Josh and Allen. You, you no, could make an argument Mahomes. for Josh Allen. It's Mahomes. It's Mahomes. But this week, this month, it's Josh Allen. So, and that's the all-round game. I, you look at, can you see Kansas City scoring forty points? Yes, possibly. Yes. Can you see Buffalo scoring forty points? Yes. Yes. 
so this is why we're talking about it as a humdinger. But who do you trust to make a pick? Who do you trust to throw a pick? Mahomes has chucked nearly a dozen this season. Now he's playing better than Alan. Alan has some. Alan has the tendency to go completely. He's, he's got some absolute. Yeah, exactly. Game. But I just both I, of them I, do though. Like yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes had picks last week against the Steelers that were. You don't need to make that throw. Don't yeah. don't try and make it. it. He's dropped a level from the 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 potential. You know the, the the potent way he was a couple of years ago. I just I just if it, if it does get nitty gritty and I don't know. We, we were doubting whether or not Sean McDermott and his coaching staff in Buffalo would be able to match up against the Patriots. And they destroyed New England. They absolutely destroyed New England. And you've got to hand credit to the offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, because he's realised we were over-reliant on the arm of Josh Allen. We are now mixing up Singletary with the rush. We're running, you know, quarterback runs. I just think that that they, they probably feel it's their time. You were talking about Stefan Diggs. That video is doing the rounds now this week. And the Buffalo cognoscenti, as they call it, they are confident and our team will be confident. And there's got to be an upset somewhere. And that's the one that I've picked. I'm taking Buffalo. And I think it's going to be an absolute barn burner, as they call it. The, the other thing I would say about that, and I, I'm on the opposite side, I, I'm leaning Kansas City. I've got zero faith. That, that's one that I literally, I've just gone <laughs> and I can't pick against my homes. Okay, fine. The thing that worries me if I'm the Chiefs, which head coach do I trust to go for it on fourth down when they need to? It's not Andy Reid. And Andy Reid can be too conservative and he can panic a little bit and, you know, all that stuff. I, I, I worry a little bit that McDermott will have the, the stones in this game to go for it when he has to. And that could be the difference maker. Yeah, definitely interesting. I have... See, if this was in Buffalo, I would be picking the Bills and I wouldn't necessarily be even doubting it. Um, I think I would be heavily favouring Buffalo in Buffalo. In Kansas City, we go back to that game last season. There was only sort of 17,000 people in the stadium. And it felt like the whether it was the fact it was a championship game, whether it was away from home, it felt like it got to Allen because he started that game so well. Nine points in the first quarter, three in quarters two and three as the Chiefs came back. And you could see that momentum just absolutely swung and it never went back until it was trash time points right at the end of the game. That's going to be a loud and noisy Arrowhead Stadium where he is not going to be able to communicate with his team like he was able to do last weekend against the Patriots. And that's the challenge. He needs to be able to get through to his guys and block out the noise, block out the the, the gravity of the situation. And it's not the championship game this time. This is the divisional, so it's around earlier. Um, it's not quite the same level. Maybe that'll help him. If, he's, all, he's also, to be fair, sorry, Cameron, he's huh? also he's also scored 38 points in that stadium this season. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so he's he, he, that will be more fresh in his mind than the championship game last year. That will be the thing that he'll be looking at and thinking, hang on a minute. And that day he ran for 50, he ran for 60 yards and he didn't go nuts with the with the passing. There was only he only completed 15 passes, but he made them when he counted. So that's what you, you talk about the atmosphere in that place. And it's it's. You, you can't hear yourself think as uh, a certain Sky Sports um, <laughs> pundit once said, you can't hear yourself think. Um, but ultimately, that's where the running game comes into it. You don't have to do too much manoeuvring and 
chatting to your receivers. If there's quarterback design draws in the first quarter, then that takes the blitz back. And then that just, it just, it just, there's, there's something different there for Kansas City to consider, isn't there? Definitely is. Definitely is. And it's fascinating. I think, you know, it's the smallest spread between all the games. This one, the Chiefs are a point and a half favorite, which I think just says absolutely everything about it. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win and I've picked the Chiefs in the pick six. I hope Buffalo win. I would love to see Buffalo progress into this. Uh, and I think Buffalo against either the Titans or the Bengals is a cracking championship game uh, and something a little bit different. I, I would love to see it. So two, would, so four of the games, two of them, you're picking teams that you hope don't win. Yes. Brilliant. Excellent. I mean, that, What that I think will up, happen and what I want some, to happen are different things. I think that sums up Cameron's personality to an absolute <laughs> Picking things he just doesn't want to happen. Absolutely. I mean, who's picking stuff like you're not going to get anywhere predicting stuff that you want? Ah, no. Predict the stuff that you don't want because inevitably half the time you're not going to get your way. That's the way I look at things. So <laughs> um, I think we've all given our picks now just to cover where we are with Paul Mitchell because he isn't here. He has committed to his picks. He has the Titans beating the Bengals. He has the Packers beating the 49ers. He has the Rams winning in Tampa and he has the Chiefs beating the Bills. That's a difficult one for him, that game though. Rams, Tampa. It's like, and who do I he hate doesn't, more? Well, he doesn't want, he doesn't, yeah, it's a good point, but he doesn't want the Rams winning. There's definitely no two ways about that. Um, but four scintillating games, absolutely fascinating. As we record this, there's still lots to come that's going to determine how the outcome of these may go. But I think overall, this is a cracking round of divisional playoffs and we hope you enjoy your football. Okay, anything else to cover, gents? No, but if the result goes the wrong way on Saturday, I might accidentally disappear down a black hole on uh, <laughs> Sunday and not reappear until August. If I was <laughs> so. you, I would switch your phone off. Seeing as, seeing as neither of you might be awake, I will wait until I've seen both of you post in the chat and then I'll either be gloating or I won't be miserable because if you win this then we just cancel each other's burgers out it's fine so just to protect us against just mm. not replying in the chat so you can't say anything noon is the cutoff on Sunday that's afternoon yeah. you can go in and it doesn't matter if we've not seen the game at that point that's on us so you've got till noon and then you can lump onto us as much as possible I was Char- having- Charles, I'll, I'll meet you at McDonald's and Edinburgh he <laughs> 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 just, just wants a McDonald's it's all right. They're getting off lightly. That again shows the mindset of Gordon, as we've seen the mindset of Cameron. Anything for a burger. <laughs> well, it's, it's also the fact that I live in Glasgow, so I couldn't name an Edinburgh burger place off the top of my head. So, Hermiston <laughs> Gate. Five guys. <laughs> uh, we could do better than McDonald's. Uh, Hashtag not a, not a sponsor. Hashtag McDonald's. Give us a shout if you want us to say nice things about you. Um, that is the full-time whistle though for episode 180 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Please share your thoughts on this and every single episode on social media at Scotland NFL on, Facebook, on Twitter and search for NFL Scotland on Facebook. Christ, you'd think after 180 episodes I'd know how to say that. Ah, enjoy your football. Amazing games. Get on social media. Let us know your thoughts. Tell us where we're wrong. Rub it in when it doesn't go our way on the other side of this. Love the interactions. Keep an eye out for the nominations. We've still got more whiskey and boxer shorts to give away. Take part in the nominations. You could win those amazing prizes. 
Other than that, enjoy your football. Thank you for listening. We'll speak again soon, but bye for now.